Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Actus Podcast, a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. I'm Linnea Archibald, the Associate Editorial Director for Actus, and I'm joined today by our Editor and Product Coordinator, Carla Accordo, and our brand new Editor, Jess Flugel. Today's show is part of our Actus Happy Hour series, which provides a glimpse behind the scenes of all things Actus in a more casual, conversational format than our other podcast series. Before we jump into our conversation, a brief word about today's sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Actus Pro. Actus Pro is an interactive, customizable online tool that allows CDI professionals to easily access CDI information anywhere at any time. The tool contains all the great content you're accustomed to viewing in the Actus Pocket Guide books, but with the added benefits of an online tool. You can access the application on any device. This tool can be used on your phone, tablet, or desktop, and it will conform to the size of your device. Search by clinical condition, ICD-10 code, or MDC category to locate the guidance you need. Updated in real time, get the latest expert and official guidance you need to ensure accuracy and compliance. Once you look up your clinical condition, you'll receive all the guidance related to that condition, including detailed definitions, diagnostic criteria and treatment protocols, ICD-10-CM chapter-specific documentation requirements, CDI critical thinking tips, and more. There are currently four versions of the product, inpatient, outpatient, coder, and physician, our newest version designed specifically for practitioner use. Learn more by using the link in today's show notes. Now, back to the show. Thanks again for joining me today, Carla and Jess. I am always excited about the podcast, as you both know, but it is especially fun for me to have my actual team members on the show for a change. Obviously, you both know that there's a lot happening around Actus lately. We had the conference, we had a quarterly call, we've got an upcoming virtual event, we have a CDI week theme announced for this year, and even more, and I will put links to all of that stuff in the show notes for our listeners today. But before we get into all of that stuff that's going on, Jess, this is your debut podcast episode. I know we kind of threw you right into the deep end with the conference during your second week on the job. But now that you've been here like a little bit over a month, what do you think of the wild world of CDI? Can you tell everybody a little about yourself? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, as as she said, I'm Jess. Um, I was recently hired as one of Axis's editors right before the conference. So you guys might have seen me trailing Linnea around between the sessions. Um, the 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 conference was amazing. Um, it was so cool to kind of just jump into things that way. Um, and the world of CDI in general is uh, certainly different than anything I've seen before, but that's super exciting to me. I'm taking online courses right now to learn the bare basics of what CDI professionals do. And uh, it honestly amazes me how interdisciplinary the field is. And like all that CDI specialists have to learn in order to take on the role of mediator and uh, be versed in both clinical and coding terminology. So access members are just really impressive to me. Um, I'm I'm personally from Northwestern Illinois. I've been living in Utah for a bit. Um, 
graduated with an English degree, to no one's surprise, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, I've been writing and editing ever since. And I have a cute black cat. And I'm a big lover of all things nerdy. So that's a little bit about me personally. <laughs> You're going to fit right in with this group. <laughs> <We're>... <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Why, the nerdy part? or <laughs> And the cat, you know, and the writing. Oh. We're, we're a bunch of nerds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that sense, I think, even from the interview. So I was like, okay, th- this will work out. They, don't, they didn't mind that my cat crossed the screen during the interview to just to say hi. That would have been the highlight of the interview for me if I had been there. So. <laughs> yeah, if anything, big selling point, you know? Yeah, Rebecca, I think said that. She's like, oh, that, that's, that's great to see. You've got, a, you've got an animal in, the, in the, the video, so. Absolutely. And I, um, for those of you who are listening who have um, been a new CDI specialist and done some of Actus's training yourselves, uh, Jess is going to be right in your shoes because she's read the training guide. She's uh, taking the apprenticeship course. She's reading a ton of stuff and talking to people and all of that good stuff. So um, you have a a kindred spirit in that endeavor for sure. (laughs) Definitely. Although, I mean, I feel like I'm just walking around in their in their footsteps, uh, very, very uh, brokenly, not able to actually quite understand what's going on yet, um, because of all the the clinical terms that I'm sure people are, you know, CDI specialists are able to catch on a lot quicker. So, but even then, it's so complicated to to learn, you know, everything that goes into CDI past that. So. I'm I'm amazed by them. It's great. It's a fun place to be to be um, encouraged to to learn in that way, um, both for the CDI specialists and also for us on the Actus team. It it keeps things really fun and interesting. Um, so thank you, Jess, for for sharing and uh, for being on the podcast. I know we've thrown you in the deep end in a lot of ways, so we appreciate it. And I think our members are going to love getting to know you and working with you as we go forward switching gears a little bit even kind of outside of the the membership goings on the conference the events cdi week just starting we're busily working on a lot of other things as well including some new and updated books in the actus library and by we i really just mean you carla um since you're sort of the queen of the actus books now so what have you been working on lately what can listeners expect to see coming to the library soon queen of books i like that i need to get that engraved on something um uh, you can't see it but i'm adjusting my tiara So thank you. You know, I love any opportunity to talk about books, CDI or otherwise. It's actually going to be a busy second half of the year for me, which is exciting for those of you who love books. Uh, Right now, I'm getting a new edition of the CCDS exam study guide ready for print. This edition is actually going to be the fifth edition, and it's written by Fran Jerkak. If you're preparing to take the CCDS exam very soon, Their current edition is definitely sufficient. Um, It is up to date and it will get you through the exam. But if you're not planning to take the exam for a few months, I definitely recommend waiting until this newest edition publishes this August because it will have, it's going to more accurately reflect the current landscape of CDI. 
I've also had the pleasure of working with our own Don Valdez as she prepares to make her writing debut. She has been hard at work this year writing the third edition of the CDI Specialist Training Guide, really rebuilding it from the ground up to provide new perspective and give new CDI specialists the foundational knowledge that they need as they're entering the field. I'm really excited at how this book is coming together. I'm really proud of Dawn for making her way through this book. She's really put her own spin on it, and it's going to be a really great first book for her. I'm looking forward to sharing it with you all this winter. And then last but certainly not least, Lori Prescott has already begun updating the Actus Pocket Guides for 2023. I know it's only June, so that seems crazy, but here we are. And it's no small feat with the inpatient version expected to publish in November, the coders version in December, and the outpatient in January. I had the pleasure of working with Lori on the Pocket Guide for the first time last year, actually, and that was a whirlwind. The Pocket Guides are so unlike any book that I've ever worked on, but what's really special about them is when they come together at the end. We work on them so piecemeal with just one part at a time. So seeing it as a complete book at the end, it, there's just so much to be proud of. And I'm really excited I get to share that experience with Lori. But yeah, lots lots going on for 2022 and early 2023. And as we move forward into next year, there will definitely be more going on. Um, sorry, Linnea, it's probably a little bit of a longer response than you were hoping for. But that's what you get when you ask me about books. Hey, uh, you know what you get when you ask me about books, but regardless of if it's CDI related or not, I will talk to you about it for the next hour. So you kept it short, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, I am. I'm constantly impressed by the number of titles that we managed to put out, as well as the quality. I know um, our experts are really really are experts, you know, for lack of a better term there. They know their stuff, they're passionate about it, and they're excited to teach people through their books. And then um, I think listeners would be blown away by the amount of work on the Actus team side. And again, by the Actus team, I really just mean Carla here. Um, It's months of work to put these books out into the world and make them the reliable and beautiful resources that you know and love. It is really a, a feat to um, to see that process through and get those published on time. Those publication dates sneak up on you. So I am personally very impressed uh, by the whole process. Not envious of it, but very impressed. <laughs> well, I have to say, like you said, the passion that all of these experts have for writing is really to me what makes it worth it because they get to put all of that love and all of that experience into a book and then they turn it over to me and they trust me with it and I get to do my nerdy thing and dive in and make edits and review page proofs and all of this other stuff that I'm sure is very boring to most people but very very exciting for me and then you know as a team we get to say this is a book we're going to put out into the world now and it's just it's it's a lot, but it's exciting and it's worth it. Absolutely. It's, um, it really is a team effort. There's no other way to, to look at it. Um, and it's, it's a very rewarding one at that. 
speaking of, you guys are going to love this segue. Speaking of team efforts, uh, the other big news item around here is that our call for committee volunteers opened this past week when you were listening to this podcast. We are currently looking for volunteers for um, several of our committees, actually. First, we have the 2023 Events Committee. That committee is responsible for exactly what it sounds like. They plan and select speakers for all of Actus's various events, both virtual and our live conferences like we had in May. It's a ton of work, but it's very rewarding. And I think they're, um, it's a great group to get involved with if you are interested in the conferences. The next group is the Furthering Education Committee, which I am partial to because I work with them really closely. So I'm like a little bit biased, but I promise that I don't play favorites with the committees, but they are responsible. They have sort of two main responsibilities over the course of the year. First, they help us plan our annual CDI week festivities. So this year's theme, for those of you who may have missed it, is under the CDI as in an ocean theme. So we are going to have a blast with that. And then that committee, once CDI week has has ended, transitions to being responsible for the scholarship program, both in overseeing the applications and the prerequisites and the requirements and all of that, and also being responsible for selecting our recipients every year. The ACTUS team does not do that. That is a committee that makes those decisions. Next, we have the Diversity and Inclusion Task Force. They really strive to make our community one that embodies social responsibility through promoting a positive environment for greater diversity and inclusion. They do incredible work. It's very important work, and I know they have a ton of projects in the pipeline for the next year that um, I think folks will be really excited about, including like resources for CDI leaders to um, better foster diversity and inclusion on their own teams that would be accessible to our ACTUS members. So definitely take a look at that group as well. And then finally, last but certainly not least, we have the Regulatory Committee, and they review policy and coding and clinical updates. They comment on two agencies on behalf of the ACTUS membership, and they provide summary and analysis to that membership. So they they have a lot of work to do every year, especially during rulemaking season. So when the IPPS proposed rule came out, they got to work immediately crafting their comments. So it's a very engaged and exciting group making positive change in the industry. All of those committees, of course, do really wonderful work throughout the year, and we do encourage you to apply. We would love to see your application come through the system. And to give you just a little glimpse of what committee service is like and its impact, I sat down with our very own boot camp instructor, Sharm Brody, and Kay Piper, who is the inpatient coding educator at SSM Health System to discuss their work on the regulatory committee as the co-chairs of that group. So now I will turn it over to Sharm and Kay. Well, welcome Sharm and Kay to the ACTUS podcast. I'm really excited to chat with you both a little bit about your work on the regulatory committee and what you're looking for in new applicants for this group. Um, I'd love to start by hearing a little bit about what the regulatory committee is currently working on and if there's anything, any of the committee's accomplishments that you're particularly proud of. 
Well, thank you so much. This is Kay Piper, and thank you for having us on. Sharm Brody and I have just been really uh, excited to work with our regulatory committee this last year as co-chairs, and we'd love to tell you what's going on with our group. Um, starting with the um, IPPS subcommittee, where our committee, our main regulatory committee is actually divided into three subcommittees. We have one on IPPS. We have another one on submitting coding changes to um, the um, CNM meeting, the coordination and maintenance meeting, which is by the National Centers for Health Statistics and CMS, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid. And then we have a quality subteam. Um, and then on top of that, we have a um, group that submits hot topics for our membership to review and act on. So it's really exciting if anybody is looking to serve. Um, we we um, meet at the, right, at the main committee monthly, and then our subcommittees meet at various times. So there's a place for everyone um, at in our group. And I'll start off with the IPPS subcommittee. That is um, chaired by Dr. Howard Roddenberg, and he gave a report at our last meeting. The fiscal year 2023 IPPS proposed rule is now available, and we do have a link for that on our site. And so we encourage everyone to go in and review that and make public comments. Medicare and NCHS really do listen to your comments, and they take them very seriously. We had a win, if you will. We had submitted a, a code for malignant pericardial effusion, and that was accepted for fiscal year 2023, and it was designated as a comorbidity. So we're especially excited about that. We also had submitted a code proposal on K90, K30.20, acute appendicitis with systemic peritonitis. No action was taken on that this year, but um, it is in the discussion phase. So um, CMS is holding off on a decision and they're interested in um, feedback on that information. Uh, Dr. Roddenberg also reports that social determinants of health, were, they were proposing severity levels for that. So there's discussions about that. Currently, CMS is deferring the severity levels for now and they're opening it up to public comment. The one of the issues surrounding why they can't, they don't feel they can take action right now is the fact that the codes are not being reported in large numbers. And this is some new concept for us because they're not diagnosis codes. So a lot of times we're finding them in the social workers notes or in other um, clinician notes um, rather than the provider notes. So we do encourage everyone to be familiar with those codes and report them uh, so Dr. Roddenberg also mentioned that there were many DRG changes being proposed, that they were deleting the with comorbid condition with CC, and that they were requiring more specificity um, in order to qualify as a comorbid condition. And if you might recall, we did have a change to one of our um, billing edits this year for laterality. The codes will be rejected from the insurance company or be sent back for correction if there's no laterality stated with the diagnosis code and there's laterality available. For inpatient records, they really do believe that these conditions, we should be able to identify laterality and those claims would just need to go back with um, and be corrected by the business office with the statement that um, the physician could not determine laterality. So that may tie into that. Um, Sharm, do you wanna add anything? Well, we were discussing, hi, Lynn Ann, nice talking with you today, and Kay. 
um, we were discussing that the NUBC has um, meetings to discuss the form. And one of the things with social determinants of health, and first of all, that site is uh, www.nubc.org. If anyone is interested in attending those meetings, they just had a meeting in April and we are looking forward to hopefully participating in the next meeting, which you can go to their site and find out when it is. But like you had said, these are, are not diagnosis codes. So we were trying to um, possibly have some impact on where these codes could go. And hopefully by joining, we're having some input in the NUBC meetings that might help. Um, but that is one of the things. And from what I read this morning, one of the articles that I read, the American Medical Association is also getting on board with social determinants of health. And how can they become some of the, um, and again, not diagnosis codes, but how can we make it so that research can be done on these types of codes? Um, because as, like you said, catch 22 right now with the um, CMS and the CDC as far as where they're gonna be reported and everything. So that is a, that is a concern. Um, I did want to add about the quality uh, subgroup that we have on the regulatory committee. They are working on bundled care initiatives right now. Sue Wallace is the head of that committee for us. Um, and one of the other things that we do for um, quality of care is on the actus.org website under the resources, we have a page there that lists all the different quality initiatives that you could possibly think of that are reported on. And what we do, which is a wonderful thing to have if people are membership have a membership to Actus, is that you can go on there and get a wealth of information about the different quality initiatives. We also provide you with updates. Hopefully, they will be done on a yearly basis. It's really a lot of work to keep them updated every time they make a specific change. But one of the nice things is that you can go to this page that is on Actus.org, and you can see all of the changes that are made on a yearly basis to all the different quality initiatives. And the last I honestly, that I think I counted, there was over 300 of them. So there's quite a few, and it's in a very nicely organized um, fashion that you can get the emails, you can get um, where you go for more updates or more information. It's a very nice site. One of the things that I did wanna discuss was our accomplishments this year with the CNN meeting. Uh, Dr. Howard Roddenberg presented on behalf of the Actus Regulatory Committee, and we had two proposals that went before the committee. One was for Crohn's disease. That was to get different sites, like our the stomach and the esophagus, added as locations for Crohn's disease. Um, that proposal was made, and we will we're still waiting to see how it was received. The other one was a lot of work you put into K on dactylitis with the young kids with uh, sickle cell disease. So that was a lot of changes made to, if I'm not mistaken, not only the alphabetic index, but also to the tabular list. So hopefully that um, with our proposal, both of our proposals that went before the committee had a lot of response from people um, that were listening in on that call, um, as far as people that supported our changes or the proposals that we put forward. Um, and also people that spoke to us about personal experience with both of these disease processes, which was a very nice thing to hear about and hear that they were really also concerned and hopefully these will pass. We haven't heard yet, but we will. Um, you did mention the um, hot topics that we discuss. One of the hot topics, the surveys that we have right now out on actus.org is regarding whether or not, or how I should say, not whether or not, but how 
you report the hypo and hyperglycemia when it is not documented within the medical record. And what we're hoping to do through the hot topics is get the conversation going and perhaps find which direction we should go into. Because as we've had numerous conversations regarding diabetes, we're not looking necessarily for the controlled or uncontrolled any longer. We're looking for complications when the um, person's blood sugar is either high or low. So without default codes, how is this being reported? Now, this is something that could lead the regulatory committee in a certain direction as far as how we can help people. Um, and I think that's all the topics I had to discuss. So if you had anything else to add, that would be great, but I think I'm all set. And I do have a couple of topics that we are submitting for the upcoming fall meeting for the coordination and maintenance meeting for the um, ICD-10 code set. One is on frailty index, which is a preoperative assessment, which uh, assesses the risk of patients um, in order to determine um, uh, how well they will um, do with the surgery and their outcomes. Uh, the second one is we are suggesting changes on the tabular index around code category S06, traumatic brain injury. Currently, um, the, uh, there are inclusion terms under um, traumatic brain injury with loss of con uh, consciousness of unspeakable specified duration, which seems to be the default code. When you have a case where no loss of consciousness is documented and no mention of the patient never lost consciousness, so consciousness is not even mentioned in the record, we believe that that would be more appropriate under the code that indicates um, traumatic brain injury without loss of consciousness. So we are working on a proposal for that. And finally, we are working on clearer language for guideline 1C17 congenital malformations in that they can be reported throughout the life of the patient. There's no age requirement, which we already knew that, but they also do not need to meet the uh, requirements for being a reportable additional diagnosis. So they do not need to be worked up, assessed, treated, and so on. They can be reported throughout the patient's life. The guideline is written in such a way that that's not clear to everybody. So we are adding some language that we are hoping that would help with that information. And we should mention before Linnea jumps on that Maggie is the head of the, um, I think we've mentioned Dr. Roddenberg and we've mentioned Susan Wallace, but Maggie Foley is the head of the coding subcommittee within the regulatory committee. Yes, Margaret Foley has had a, chaired that this last um, year and she's done an excellent job. Thank you for remembering that. <laughs> That's wonderful. You know, I'm always impressed by all of the work that our boards and committees do. Um, but really, the regulatory committee, you you all are busy bees. I don't know how you accomplish as much as you do. So I am always blown away and just love to hear about what you've got going on. So as you both know, we're approaching committee application uh, season. Actually, at the time of this, of this podcast, we are right in the middle of it. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on why you think people should apply to serve on both the regulatory committee, but then just act as committees in general. I'll just jump in to start, Linnea. I have such a degree of personal satisfaction when we have made the, our proposals and we have affected change on national policy. It really just 
it's heartfelt. Like Charm mentioned, we had when we did our dactylitis proposal, we had a family member say thank you for bringing this to the nation's attention. That we believe that this will improve the care for our children. Um, the other thing I think is the fact that CMS and NCHS they do listen to us. They are responsive to us. They just need people in helping the process along. So never feel like, well, they don't understand us, they don't hear us, they do, very much they do. And hats off to that group because I'm sure they have a very difficult position um, to in, in their, um, their quest to keep the code date set up to date. And then finally, for me, it's just a huge, tremendous satisfier to be on a committee with national experts. Uh, so as questions have come up in my workplace, I've been able to network with others and I've just learned so much from others um, on the hot topics that are going on in my life. I agree. And I'm going to tell you the day after our last CNM uh, meeting, I will tell you that we were all, and I don't know if people say super pumped anymore, but we were, we seriously were. Um, and like Kay said, to be able to be on calls with national experts. I think Kay and I are both um, pretty good educators. We've we've done a lot of education and that is very satisfying. Um, one of the most satisfying things that I have done in my lifetime. And it is nice to be with a group of people on the regulatory committee that wanna make a difference. Um, it is very nice to be among people that are so well educated themselves that every time we have a call, I learn something and that is wonderful but then to take it that next step further. It's just a completely different feeling. It's, it's very exciting. And I think everybody at some point in their career needs that. Absolutely. And I, I, I personally, not coming from a CDI background myself, uh, being on sitting in the kind of in the virtual room with committee members and hearing your expertise and the things that you're working on and what you're accomplishing is so rewarding from my perspective. And so it's always great to hear that that's your perspective as a committee member as well. Thank you for sharing that. As we sort of close up our conversation today about the regulatory committee, is there anything that either of you think people should know about this committee before they apply? <laughs> okay, I'll go first on this one. Come prepared with your boots on. We need people that are serious about um, wanting to make change and that are willing to do it and willing to put in the hours. Um, and it is very satisfying. They will get something out of it. But I think Kay and I both, you know, we did co-chairing this year because to be honest with you, sometimes the work that is involved in this committee is overwhelming. Um, and I am very thankful that Kay is the person I work with um, and have that opportunity to work with because she is very serious about her work also um, and quite inexpert in, in her field of coding. So I always benefit from that. But we need people that want to um, want to work with us as a group, but are also willing to put in the hours. It's, it is volunteer. Um, all of the committees, you know, that's the what we get in return. You volunteer, you walk away with that very satisfying feeling. Um, but we need people that truly want to work and want to make a change. And I know Kay feels very strongly about this question. So I'm going to let her have a couple minutes to discuss what she would like. But I think it's along the same line. Well, thank you, Charmin. Thank you for the pat on the back. I really appreciate you. And, and you. I consider you the national expert, too. 
Um, so um, yeah, the thing with our committee is we, um, you know, we are in, uh, tasked with meeting deadlines from the regulatory um, governing bodies. And so sometimes we have periods where we're not really doing too much. And other times we're having periods where we're putting a lot of work in because we were just notified that, yes, we have been selected to present at, you know, in two weeks, we have been selected to present at um, the meeting. And um, so there is work to do, but it's manageable. And it really does take all of us, our, all of our expertise. I'm from an HIM coding background. I do have a CDI credential, but um, we, so we have coders, we have the CDI specialists who are on the committee, and then we have our physicians who are contributing. And it really makes a well-rounded group. So please don't think you don't have the expertise to contribute. I think just if you have the willingness to come in and learn the process, it's really not that difficult. Sometimes it is time-consuming to go through and make you know, 20 changes to the alphabetic index, for instance, like with that dactylitis, it was very time consuming to go in and make sure everything was perfect and read it over and read it over again and read it over one more time. But everybody, no matter your background, no matter how long you've been in um, doing this, it's all good. And we would welcome everyone to um, apply to help with our committee. Yes, that is a big point, And I'm glad you made it. We can Somebody that is eager to help out, um, please don't feel like you do not have the knowledge because that's the easy part. It's the willingness to work in a group and the willingness just to put in the time. I think that's the, the big credits that we give people that, you know, if you are willing to help us out, we're willing to teach. And I think we learn. I learn every time we have a meeting. I learn something from one of the experts on the line. So, um I consider that just a part of the process, learning. So don't ever think that you don't have the knowledge base. That's a very good point. I agree. Thank you both so much for sharing both what you're working on, what you've accomplished, and also what um, applicants can expect. I think this will be very helpful as people consider applying to committees this year. And I hope that it's inspired people to use their expertise and to get involved. And Kay and Charm, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. So thank you so much for joining me today. Unfortunately, even though I'd love to just keep the party going, we have run out of time for today's show. As always, if our audience has any questions about anything we discussed today, you can feel free to email the ACTUS team at actus-inquiries at simplifycompliance.com. We'll also put that email address in today's show notes so you can grab it directly from there. We'll be back in two weeks on Wednesday, June 22nd for our next show, which will feature a conversation with one of our members about member-submitted topics. More to come on that soon. You can listen to the show anytime on the Actus website or via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. All the links we discussed during today's episode will be available in the show notes. And as always, we'd really appreciate it if you would take a minute and leave us a five-star review on your podcast app, as that really helps others find our show. Our intro and our outro music is Media Noche by Dion Key, and our ad music is Take Me Higher by Jazzar, both obtained from the Free Music Archive. 
If you have any suggestions for future guests or topics, or if you would like to be on the show yourself, please email us at actus-inquiries at simplifycompliance.com. Until next time, take care, everyone.